live from the Caltech studios, it's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast from the Caltech studios. Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio, where we promise to bring you all things gun, all the gun time. You Gentlemen, okay? how you, how you doing today? You okay? I am. Right in the middle of that, a uh, little little bit of a little back of the throat said, hey, don't forget about me, don't yeah, forget about me. Look like you <laughs> forgot how to breathe there for a second. <laughs> for, for just a moment. I was like, do I have to cough or not? Yeah. And I was able, was able to get past it. was able to get past it. Yeah. Trained professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was out loud. That <laughs> uh, was just Fred. <laughs> On my right is my right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Talk to corporate. Approve memos. Lead a workshop. Break it down. Oh, yeah. There it is. There it is. Good to be back. Uh, to be. Celebrating a birthday this week. I'm not going to give the number away. I'm not going to spoil that. <laughs> celebrating a birthday this week. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. It was actually yesterday. So that, well, that would be this week. Right? Yeah, this, this past week. Was just, during the week, during the week we're in currently. Narrowing it down. During the week we're currently in. Yeah, I know you're not about details, and I am. <clears throat> He's not so. about details. <laughs> He's not about details. Yeah. Uh, well, congratulations. Have a, have a thank you. A happy birthday, and uh, I saw some pictures, and uh, it's quite a fire. Yes, <laughs> it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> there was a fire extinguisher present <laughs> in the room. The the. Uh, I know when uh, when I got to Kevin, if you remember back this far, when I got to my 30s, um, the goal for me at uh, a certain point was uh, keep the uh, keep the age above the waistline. You uh-huh. know, so at 35, you want that waist to be below, uh-huh. or 36. Uh-huh. Or, I'll just say Earl's at that age where he's still winning, so he's okay. <laughs> yes, I he's, am. He's, 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 so he's, am I. He's winning. Kevin, well, yeah, Kevin, it'd be kind of hard to go around with a 72-inch. <laughs> I buy my belts that long, but I wear them doubled. <laughs> Strap them around twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fashion statement. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, on my left, in the 10 o'clock position, for those that charts and gra- graphs that are showing where everybody sits in the room, it's the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja. Please welcome him back. His name is Kevin Maxwell. The legal ninja. The legal ninja. Uh, Didn't you like a crunchy ninja? Crunchy yeah. ninja, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling? Everything doing all right? I know you're yeah. still in the recovery mode from the uh, back surgery. I'm, He's I'm a little extra up. crispy. I'm, I am weaning myself off the pain meds, and now I can see why people get addicted to pain meds, because I don't like pain. Yeah, I don't yeah it makes, uh, makes, the, makes the ouchies go away. It does. <laughs> it does make them go away. Um, but there's some things you just can't medicate away, like having a dog jump on land on your groin in the middle of the night. Oh, wake now, up. Have you well, trained him to do that? that? Yeah, yeah. Have you trained him to do that? Is that? No, no, it was a, it's a new puppy. Okay. It's a new puppy. And uh, although he, he's supposed to be a small dog, uh, he doesn't know that. Right, yeah. He doesn't know that. Yeah. He wants to go retrieve cars. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of cars, I'm, I'm, I've just been handed a piece of paper. There it is right here. You can't fake that. That's real paper. Uh, so message from the Department of Transportation. Every once in a while, we have to put these out. Certain, I don't know, government requirements to keep the license with the FCC, something like that. I don't know what it is. That's their number or letters. The FCC. Yeah, this is one from the FCC and the DOT. It says, um, uh, when driving in construction zones, 
uh, to please maintain a safe speed as posted. Continue to look straight ahead and drive. Uh, it says if you want to slow down and you feel the ability to not be able to drive in a construction zone, pull off the side of the road and choke yourself. <laughs> okay? Don't, don't, don't. I can't do this. I'm going to go back and forth between lanes. I'm, I, I, they're, they're, they're too tight, and it's bumpy, and I, can't, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, look, there's a car on the right changing a tire. I'd better stop three lanes away. Mm, no, that's not you. Listen, if that happens, I think you should have permission to get right up under them and put them into the wall. <laughs> Rubbing Drayson. You should, you should be. I don't know what it is, but people, uh, we got all the construction going around everywhere around us, but uh, they want to... Forget every lesson they ever had on driving. <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe that's the problem. Nobody takes driving lessons anymore. You don't get it in high school like yeah. like Earl and I used to get it. Exactly. Um, Kevin was driving the carriage, obviously, with the with well, the whip I and the buggy. Driver's ed. I taught driver's ed when I was in school. The feet went down <laughs> and, and hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Barney Rubble. Barney Rubble style. <laughs> yeah. You know, I never saw Barney drive in all the years. Barney was more of a passenger. He was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barney was more of a passenger. Fred did all the driving. Yeah. Yeah, and. Um, uh, um, Barney's uh, Betty. Betty was the taller one. She could reach the pedals, mm-hmm. so she would, you know, she would do the driving for him too. That's uh, you know what I heard anyway. Kevin was there. I have pictures. <laughs> he has pictures. He has pictures. Um, interesting stuff going on this week. We've got some uh, great stories coming for you. Uh, we're going to be talking to Alan West later in the program, Colonel Alan West. Uh, so we're we're looking forward to that. He's always always a. a, a Great to have on. Always so insight. He always always amazes me. Every time I ask him a question, uh, he 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 gives the answer that I expect, and then more that I wasn't expecting. There's always a little bit like, oh man, I wish I was as smart as him and I could answer it like that. So always looking forward to having him on the program. Uh, we've got some uh, some other gun news from around the country. Some uh, some shenanigans going on up in New Jersey uh, with a, a law enforcement officer. Uh, we're going to have uh, Lieutenant Bill our Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio will be on the program to talk to us about that one. He'll be on later in the program. We have <laughs> some tips some tips for you if you happen to be a concealed weapon holder uh, and you have a, a concealed weapon ID. Just a couple of tips. We're going to get you some tips. Some new new guns out on the market we're going to talk to you about. Oh, this is, this is a good one, too. I don't... Should we tease them? Should we tell them which one it is? Should we tell them which one it is now? If you tease it, you yeah. got to follow through. Yeah, yeah, all right. we got some good guns coming out. we got some... Some really great stuff. Um, I've got some news for uh, for Bernie supporters uh, that I'm going to put out, and some news for Trump supporters that I'm going to put out a little bit later in the program, just from watching the news this week and watching some of the things that they said. And some of them, uh, well, we know what Bernie's saying is crazy, but uh, you know we'll talk about some of his craziness, and then some of the things that. Uh, Mr. Trump said that uh, the Donald said we're gonna we're just gonna help clarify it's, that it it's may the, have not been a hundred percent correct. It's the Donald. The Do- is it the Donald? The Donald. Is that what we call him? We call him. Yeah. We call him the it's Donald. His moniker now, I believe. The the moniker of the Donald. Um, I guess we should mention that uh, Alex's not in the room today. He uh, he's uh, on an away mission. Got some family issues working. He is. Or uh, taking care of I don't know vacation or whatever the heck it is. But uh, we we approved the request, After so we let him go. Him to to. Suffer through the angst of my absence. I think a day off is probably in order. Is that what it was? Yeah. He's he's all wore out from wearing the uh, the smoking vest and drinking <laughs> your bourbon. He's he's getting hair grayer faster than I did. 
And, and, I, and I think it's probably me. I think I did it. You're the one doing it to him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not like I, I'm, I'm, I'm there. It, you know, I come, I'm the office every once in a while hanging out. You're not a, you're not a micromanager. You're not a, you're not a nitpicker. It's no, just when you're no. like your feet rubbed, you want them rubbed now. No. You know, it's... <laughs> yuck. Uh, no, I, I'm the only person in my office that actually keeps their shoes on. Right. Yeah. Everybody else is running around and they're stocking feet right, all the time. Right. No, I, I, I can't imagine trying to learn to be an attorney right. while at the same time working for your father-in-law. I yeah. just, Ooh. I would have killed myself because right. I knew my father-in-law right. and I would not have been able to learn to do anything working for him <laughs> except you know, ritual suicide. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltec Studios. We'll see you after the break. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off this is the original the Keltec p3at with six game-changing innovations it's the lightest 380 auto pistol ever made others may look like it but in the one millionth of a second it takes for innovation to ignite performance it turned competitors into copycats innovation performance Keltec. see the p3at in action at youtube slash weapons Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Hey, Mike, ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself. So why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. 
listening to Armstrong Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Armstrong Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Armstrong Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. And welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Gentlemen, Kevin, I just wanted to clarify, we, we left, uh, and, and you, you're you a good boss with Alec. Good boss. I am. Okay. All right. Okay. But I just can't imagine how hard it would be to try to be him doing that. To be to, to, to be supervised by your father-in-law? Yeah. I don't know. Well, well, yeah, that we'll, would be tough. We'll, we'll ask Alec next week. We'll see, how it, we'll see how it goes with him then, you know. On the line with this is uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, uh, retired U.S. Army, former U.S. representative from the 22nd District, currently the president and CEO of the National Center for Policy Analysis. Steadfast and loyal. Steadfast and loyal, my friend. <laughs> uh, sir, a couple questions for you. Uh, I, I want to get you want to jump right into it. We'll, we'll we'll do the you know pleasantries, some more pleasantries at the end. But it's it's going on today. Justice Scalia passed away, and the funeral yeah. is today. Uh, you know, I look at this as a, a giant leadership failure. You know, the, the president's not attending the funeral. Uh, can you think of any legitimate reason why he shouldn't have attended today? Well, no, it'd be very hard for me to find out a reason. But, you know, here is uh, one of the uh, key leaders in uh, one of our three branches of government, the uh, judiciary branch, and you would think that the president would be there. But then again, I go back and recall that uh, Major General Harold Green, who was the most senior uh, American serving in Afghanistan, uh, when he lost his life there, uh, and the president didn't attend his funeral either. So I don't know. I mean, he says representatives for funerals were Michael Brown or, or whomever, and you know, he was there in South Carolina for the unfortunate uh, shooting that happened down in Manuel Baptist Church. But you would think that he would attend the uh, the service for Justice Scalia. Yeah, it just it just amazes me that he that he hasn't gone. I know he sent the vice president, but uh, you know, it's not like he had a a trip planned with the uh, you know premier of China or something that you know had to happen. Uh, this is you know he's well, you still cancel it. I mean, it's your it's, it's your Supreme Court justice. <laughs> right, right. Uh, any predictions uh, for what's going to go on now, uh, all the back and forth with nominations? Well, I think that the uh, the Senate GOP, and, and look, there's been a lot of uh, hypocrisy coming out between, you know, the president and some of the things he said and done in the past, as well as Chuck Schumer and others. So, uh, you know, politics aside, I think that this should just be held up. You can have a, an eight-person Supreme Court. If they have a 4-4 ruling, the lower court decision stands. So that's... That's just how the process goes. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know, looking at what's what's happened in the past. There's been, like you said, Chuck Schumer came out uh, in the past week and said they they have to put him in. Yet, you know, was it 10, 15 years ago? He said the exact opposite when it was a uh, when when the when the tables were turned. So it's yeah. it's amazing to watch. Uh, I, I guess they don't realize that you know we, maybe somebody recorded it. You know, when they said it 10 or 15 years ago, uh, yeah. to, to watch these things come back on them. Yeah, it, remind, it really reminds me of how uh, Tim Russert used to run the um, uh, Meet the Press. And, you know, he'd go to the politician or someone there to say something. He said, well, you, are you sure? Well, roll, roll tape number 12. <laughs> and then yeah. they just look absolutely silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the truth. Uh, speaking of looking absolutely silly, I've been watching the debates. <laughs> Some of them, not all of them. Uh, and they've had a couple of intense moments, a couple of humorous moments. Uh, but... 
when I'm watching the Republican debates, they all seem to have a, a, a plan to deal with ISIS in the Middle East. And, and you know, they, they sound pretty good. Uh, you know, everybody's got a little bit different view on the plans, but they all pretty much agree that before they do anything, they're going to consult with their military experts. Yeah. So, so when they call you and they ask, <laughs> uh, what do we do? What do we do, sir? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to truly build a coalition uh, between the Kurds, between the Jordanians, the Egyptians, and uh, you know, and uh, other Sunni uh, Arabs that will be willing to uh, be a part of that because they don't want to see this type of heinous terrorist activity going on. But we have to show that we're willing to, you know, take a, a leading role and have skin in the game and build in that coalition. We have to be able to court on off this enemy. You have to be able to deny him any sanctuary. I think something we have not done very effectively we haven't attacked his ideology to try to uh, delegitimize him, and that's one of the key things, as well as interdicting his flow of men and material and financial resource support. We've got to cut him off and, and dry him out. So I think that once you do those things at the strategic level, then we have to start putting pressure on him to include you know, all of these bases of operation that they have now in Libya, across Iraq, and, uh, and as well as in Syria and Raqqa. And you have to have a simultaneous <clears throat> type of assault plan that will not allow them to uh, reposition and maneuver freely. Uh, and we need to have the attack helicopters. We need to have the fighter aircraft that is that are up in the air to make sure these guys can't move around. It is it is unconscionable to me that ISIS has been able to have this freedom of maneuver out in the open desert, pretty much going back and forth and wherever they want to go. I mean, we see the videos of these, you know, celebration parades and and you know them driving vehicles with the black flags all over the place. That you know, they should be the highway of death. What the president's doing over there now, I, I think, is fifteen to 50 air sorties a day compared to Desert Storm where we were running 1,000 sorties a day on the Yeah, on, on, yeah. On I mean, it's, it's, he's not serious. Uh, and then on top of that, you have many of these aircraft that come back with their munitions still uh, under their wings because the rules of engagement that have been uh, imposed upon them are just that, that heinous and just uh, that restrictive. Yeah, ridiculous things. Like, I mean, and there were some when we were over there, but uh, some ridiculous ones like you can't shoot vehicles if there's occupants. <laughs> that's you know, and these are well, military vehicles or fuel vehicles. We're rolling back. Yeah, and forth. yeah, the, yeah. I mean, this guy is not some you know nice little Joe that they pulled off and you know at gunpoint told him to drive the oil truck uh, so that we can sell our oil. No, you 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 destroy it. You 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 know that's what you do. And you know I've heard that people were, you know had environmental concerns. You can't have environmental concerns. You got to destroy because that's a funding source, and that's what I mean by interdicting their flow of man material and resource and financial support. So that's one of the key things we should be doing. Yeah, and, and hopefully, hopefully when we uh, we get that Republican in office come uh, January twentieth when they're sworn in, uh, that uh, you are one of the experts they call <laughs> because well, the, the plan sounds a little bit better than anything else I've heard on the on the stage. That's for sure. Well, but but see, then again, that's an unfair comparison because, you know, I'm a guy that spent 22 years in the United States military and, you know, been through all of the, uh, you know, professional military education. And, and that was my career. That was that was my my profession. 
So I look at it in a completely different way than someone that's just, you know, running to be president and is uh, is not does not have that uh, in-depth working knowledge. So hopefully, whoever it is, they will surround themselves with the people that do have in-depth knowledge and can give them the right uh, counsel and advice so that they can make the right final decision. You're right, and I, I was probably too harsh there on the candidates for for saying that, but they all did clarify that they would consult military experts. So yeah, well, we're, we're just hoping you're one of the ones they call, sir. Well, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> uh, sir, uh, I know you've talked about this one before. Uh, we actually had a caller last week call and ask us, and it's one we've always wanted to ask you, but we've had uh, we've always run out of time. I wanted to ask you about uh, Sergeant First Class Charles Martland, the uh, the Special Forces uh, yeah. soldier. Um, let me give it to her. I'm sorry. To I mean, I, I cannot understand why... You know, we would we would elevate a a child rapist over one of our special forces soldiers, a guy who has a I believe a bronze star medal for valor for right. his actions in combat, uh, over over someone that's uh, you know a vicious horrific child abuser. You know, here is an Afghan police chief, and and the other thing is that you know we are probably paying this Afghan police chief salary through the the, the funds and right. aid that we're given to Afghanistan. Absolutely, we are. But, you know, he chained a 12-year-old boy to a bed and repeatedly raped him and beat the mother when he found out that she reported him. And so uh, I think it's Captain uh, Mike Quinn, I believe, yep. was his, his A-team leader in Star First Class Marlin. When they found out about this, you know, they pummeled this guy, and they kicked him off of their forward operating base. That's Those are the principles and values that we do want our men and women in uniform to stand up for. And when you think about the motto of the, uh, the American Green Beret, the Special Forces units, the oppresso libre, to liberate the oppressed. I mean, they were living up to that motto, that code, that standard. And for us to punish him and, and you know, involuntarily separate him from the United States Army, come on, give me a break. The guy should be promoted to master sergeant. And so th- this is a reason why he, we here at NCPA have come up with this uh, national security petition called Provide for the Common Defense Now, because they said 49% of Americans do not believe that, you know, we have a, a strong military. Uh, that that really is troubling for me. That you know, half of this country, they know that we have decimated our military force, and if we know that, and we are you know having polls to say that, then the enemy knows it as well. So we got a great petition out there that you can go to our website, uh, www.ncpa.org, and you can uh, sign up to support because we have got to ensure that the number one responsibility of the federal government is to provide for the common defense, and they need to own up to that. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely, and make sure you guys get to that website, and we'll give it out again at the end of the end of the interview. But uh, you know, this wasn't un- it wasn't unusual in Afghanistan. You were there, so I was there. Um, you know, for 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 locals to come up, or when you finally got the trust of them, what you what you've been working and training and, and and fighting for the entire time you're over there to get the trust, and then they come to you and they bring something to you as horrific as as you know, rape. I, I dealt with it on a smaller scale of uh, of theft, and, and we dealt with it, and you know to to have him uh, to be punished for this is is just it's unconscionable. You know, it's, 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 to me, it's unbelievable, and and that is what is truly demoralizing, Mike, for our men and women in uniform because they're doing what's right on the ground and they're being punished for it. So guess what? That the message is sent to others. You know, 
just let it happen. Like I said, you and I know about those type of things that went on over there in Afghanistan. Uh, and, and you know, when I was there, you know, there was an Afghan infantry battalion commander that was, you know, force, forcibly raping his young soldiers at gunpoint. And we said, you know, this guy has to go. We, we cannot continue to work with you and train you guys if this is what, you know, you, you're going to be about. So we got to stand up for our principles and values. Absolutely. Sir, we're up against a break. Can you uh, can you hang out for one more segment? I can. You're listening to uh, Arms Room. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Keltec Studios. Call the Keltec Studios online right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Arms Room Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. This segment of Arms Room Radio is brought to you by GunTech USA. For tactical excellence, check them out online at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A dot com. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. You know, I talked to the guys from Gun Tech again this week. Talk to them every week. Everybody's doing wonderful. Everybody says hey. So, so say hello to everybody out there from the guys at Gun Tech. You talk to them. I send them stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, listen, we had um, Colonel Thanks. Alan West on the line with us, and um, it appears we've lost the connection during the break. Uh, it, you know, it's... Uh, Modern technology, it's uh, you know, it's cell phones, it's it's whatever you know. We, we can we can try and blame whoever we want. <coughs> Verizon, it's sunspots. Um, but, um, sunspots. but it's uh, sunspots, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> Verizon. It's it, he's gone. It's Horizon. Uh, oh, it's oh, the Horizon. Oh, the sunspots okay. are okay. trying to get him back on the line. If we do get him back on the line, we'll jump right back in. But it looks like we may have uh, lost the colonel for today. We'll get him back in another another week or two. But let's uh, if you want to get a hold of him, if you want to see what the colonel's doing, go to allenbwest.com. That's www.allenbwest.com. Allen is A L L E N and B, the letter B West.com. You can see uh, see his schedule. You can. Uh, uh, you can also check out his new book, uh, Guardian of the Republic. You can order it there online. Actually, read a little uh, excerpt of it uh, for the, uh, I believe, the first chapter. You could read for free, and then also check out the National Center for Policy Analysis that he is president and CEO of. That's ncpa.org. That's ncpa.org. That's for National Center for Policy Analysis. So again, apologies for for dropping the colonel and losing him, but uh, you know. We're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna fight on. You didn't do it on purpose. No, it wasn't on purpose. Definitely not. Definitely not. Gee, I hope he's not sitting on the other end going, those I SOBs cut me. me off. Can you, know? you hear me now? <laughs> you know Can what? you hear me now? There's a, there's a lot of guys I'd like mad at me. And Can you he hear me now? No, no. <laughs> he is not one of them. Not not one of them. Uh, do, do you want to give you an update out of Florida? Since we have a few extra minutes, we're gonna we're gonna squeeze this in. Uh, Florida was looking at open carry and campus carry. Uh, it had passed the. The House of Representatives in Florida, uh, 80 to 37 and 80 to 38, the two the two bills uh, respectively, and was moving on to the Senate. In the Senate, the Judiciary uh, Chairman, Judiciary Committee Chairman, is a, a state senator, Miguel Diaz de la Portilla. Uh, they I just I guess they call him De la Portilla, DLP, De la Portilla, <laughs> uh, and. He uh, he had to his responsibility is when the bills come into his committee uh, he you know they 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 put them up for a vote you know he has to say okay advance this bill and uh, put it up for a vote well he did he did not and he had been sitting on them and decided he was not going to put them forward uh, in fact let me uh, read so to you here he's not doing his job he is absolutely 
100% not doing his job. And, and here's here's the problem. Here's the problem I have. Mm-hmm. Um, he he has. Well, let me give you a little background first. He has. Uh, he's Florida had some redistricting in the past couple uh, two three years with some some legal battles. Ju- gerrymandering, um, yeah, I believe, is what it's called. There were, well, before the redistricting, we had gerrymandering. What that is is the the boundaries are drawn along certain like a salamander. Yeah, along certain. Um, well, they're, they're drawn along no certain lines. They're drawn to include pockets of Republicans and or Democrats to make it a strong uh, a strong uh, voter base for that to candidate. So let's say, uh, you know, take like the big city of New York, just because everybody knows New York City, and say that how it should be in New York is each of the five boroughs, each of the five counties are their own borders, and, and that's for each representative. Well, it wasn't done that way. It was done so, okay, well, 135th Street is predominantly this culture, so they always vote this way, so we're going to include them in there. Then we're going to wander down the easement on the side of the road until we get to 104th Street, open it back up uh, until we get over here where this big housing complex is, and we know they're going to vote this way because they get free free food stamps. Now we're going to come back down the easement again, another three blocks. You know, there was it was no square, it was no uh, no no shape. They're, they're stacking the deck. Didn't they were follow stacking the, deck. the traditional boundaries that may have been established historically. Correct, and that's what the what the lawsuit was uh, was brought up in Florida it was it was eventually won for that. This is even on on the U.S. side for U.S. representatives and for state representatives and state senators and U.S. senators that the boundaries must be as close to geographical borders. Or, or, or uh, um, municipal borders. So the county that you happen to live in should be a boundary. It, it shouldn't be parts of this city, parts of that city, parts of that city, and then the rural areas, we make parts of another another district and another district. It, the yeah, only thing no, that I think uh-uh. is great about that is at least they have to all touch. Yes. There, they can't be a pocket, and then you can be completely isolated. You're, you're landlocked, and then another pocket. Correct. And then another pocket. They've, so, they've got to be connected he was in one of these gerrymandered districts, so he had a, a majority Republican vote. But again, it was somebody went freehand and drew a map around the strong Republican pockets and made it uh, his district. Now, in the redistricting, it's more square. It's 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 you know it's the city now. It, it matches the natural boundaries. Natural boundaries are the municipal boundaries that already exist. Uh, he's now in a stronger Democrat. Standhold. It's 57% last time I believe that that area, they, they figured out the votes from that new redrawn district voted 57% Democrat rather than Republican. So what he's done is he's, he's already started to change his views to appease his new constituents for the next election. He's worried about keeping his job. Exactly right. What he will end up doing... Uh, instead, it, which, instead of doing his job. Correct. What most people believe is what he will end up doing is... Flipping parties here when it comes time to announce for re-election, that he's up for re-election. Hmm. He's going to become a Democrat Big because surprise. he wants. Because again, Earl, you hit it right on the head. This is not about principle for him. This is about keeping his job. It's, mm-hmm. it's about interest. Yeah, yeah. His, his best interest. interest. Yeah. Right. He does not give a crap about the party. He does not give a crap about the policy. He does not give a crap about the law. He doesn't care about any of it. He's worried about putting money in his tyrant pocket. Is, is what he's looking to do. His his unconstitutional tyrant pocket is where he wants to put this money. Uh, I've already seen today, following along in the past couple of days, people that want to go peacefully and legally protest standing in front of his office and in front of his house just to make themselves known, just to make it known that you stood in the way. You, in, as an individual, stood in the way of, of 
of uh, the law that stood in front and, of the way that bills be, of, of legislation. Yeah, he, be, because, he, he stood in the way of our entire legal system, yeah. let alone your individual thoughts of open carry, campus carry. It doesn't matter what the bill was. He stopped it. You know, if you're not going to let me protect myself, then you should protect me. Yeah. So he exactly. should go everywhere with everyone all the time and act as their shield. Mm-hmm. Listen, I've always thought uh, with politicians, and you always see when they do interviews, and especially we'll see it in the future with the Supreme Court justices, It's we want to know what your opinion is. But when you get elected and 51% or greater, 60, 70, whatever it is, percent of those people put you into office, mm-hmm. that for the next two years, four years, six years, whatever the term happens to be for the office that you're elected to, that's the way you should be voting every time. It's not about your view. You're there representing the 60% of the people that put you in, or the 60% that put you into office. You're representing your constituents. So why aren't you voting the way your constituents put you into office for? Well, because they picked me, and they picked me because I have my best judgment, and I use my best judgment to decide what I think is best for everybody. So I will impose my will upon my constituency once they make me their representative. Yeah. Listen, you know, it, it brings up another point. In Florida, there are no recalls at the state level. You can only do recall elections at the municipal level or below, county levels or below. Uh, so just one of the first things we thought about was, well, let's get this guy on, well, that's, on the recall. That's why politicians or, may become legislators, right, yeah. so they can make sure that they <laughs> yeah. can't lose their jobs. When people when they tried this nonsense in Colorado and they tried it in, was it Virginia, I believe? They put them on the recall. No, it was New Hampshire, I believe. I know it was Colorado for sure. And they, they put them on the recall, and two of them lost their jobs up there. Third ended up resigning. Um, he made quotes uh, uh, to the League of Women Voters like, uh, this was a uh, this was really nothing more than common sense. This was the common sense thing to do, which we know is the rallying cry of the uh, of the liberal for gun control. We just want common sense gun laws. Common sense gun laws. You mean like mm, we already have? Let's just you know use the gun laws we have to put the bad people away. Mm-hmm. You know. So he's not voting the way his constituents that he represents, because they're probably not the ones that are paying him. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you know, I've got no problem saying it. You, you know, Diaz de la Portilla, you're a dirty tyrant. You're the reason that people uh, uh, come find hate, and hunt politicians. They hate politicians yep. because you don't do what your constituency tells you to do. You do what you think's best, and you impose your will upon your constituents, even though they tell you that's not what they want. And we can't get you out of your job yep. fast enough. That's the definition of tyranny, and that's 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 what he is. He's a tyrant. And uh, he'll lose his job, or he'll lose uh, he'll lose more. Hopefully, he loses uh, plenty uh, for for backstabbing the people that put him in the office. So he's uh, we're done with him. We're done with him. We're going to move on. Florida's got next year to look forward to. Until then, remember, Arms Room Radio is planning a big open carry event in the Central Florida area. We'll give you more details as that develops, and uh, it's going to be a great time. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. Hey, Mike, ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter. 
at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds, plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See the KSG in action at YouTube slash Keltec Weapons. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle then you want the tactical excellence of gun tech usa gun tech a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for ar-15 ar-10 and ak-47 style rifles for nearly three decades gun tech usa has been producing the finest quality pistol grips rail systems scope mounts slings compensators flash hiders hand guards iron sights and more check online at guntechusa.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Listening to Arms Room Radio live from the Keltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now more Arms Room Radio. Live coast to coast. With Mike and the guys in the Keltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Coming to you live from the Keltech Studios. I'm excited about this one, Kevin. Well, I'm excited about this one. I, did did you either of you get to see this at Shot Show when we were out there? I don't know which thing you're looking at. Did, either, did you get to see no. this when we were oh, at Shot I Show? Didn't get I didn't get, didn't get to see this at Shot Show. Uh-uh. Didn't get to see this at Shot Show. Okay. Ithaca Model 37 trench gun makes a comeback. 
The Ithaca Model 37 trench gun. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about when I say trench gun. The trench Every, broom. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's the it's the trench broom, the, the trench clear. It's it's the trench gun. This is the military-style uh, 12-gauge shotgun by Ithaca. Now, Kevin, I'm sure they're going to fix the one feature that you like the most in it. Oh, yeah. You know it's yes, not going to It's the well, Explain what slam fire is to, to, slam fire to the good people. Is technically makes it a machine gun under the National Firearms Act. You pull the trigger one time, and as you slide the slide backwards and forwards, as you slide the slide back into battery forwards, and the chamber locks, the weapon discharges without having to release the trigger. Now, if you're in a battle in World War One in the trenches of France, that's what you want it to do. Right. Because <laughs> you want that thing to fire as fast as you can. Um that is not the safest mechanism you can have, and I expect they're going to have some kind of transfer bar. Or, yeah, or some you, such. you can't buy a modern firearm with uh, a, with a trench gun. Not necessarily true. Rossi, me, with the, Rossi's with the, twenty-two with the, pump, <laughs> which is a copy right. of the old Winchester gallery guns, it is also a slam fire mechanism. If you pump it, it'll keep firing whether you release the trigger or not. Yeah, and this is how it works with the with the slam fire. Like Kevin said, you hold the trigger down, and this is a this is a pump shotgun. Uh, when you when you when you Push the push the slide back towards the rear, and it, it you know it starts to load the mechanism, Correct. and it takes the it takes the round uh, and and slams the bolt home. It, it moves the slide forward and slams the bolt forward into the newly loaded round in the chamber. And what you're doing is because you're holding the trigger down, the firing pin is stays extended, rather than it being a snap action, the firing pin stays extended. So when you slam it back home. You're you're slamming the bolt forward with the firing pin extended, and that's what causes the rifle or the shotgun or the rifle to fire. Like Kevin now, talked about, if you 22. close it gently, it won't work. It won't work. Yeah. You have to slam it home. You have to. That's why it's called a slam fire. If right. you slam it, it'll keep firing, and it right. and it uh, it saves you one you know mic motion of pulling the trigger there, and uh, it's uh, I'm not sure it's it's an it would be an NFA item because you're still moving. The, the, the argument There's moving is the way parts. the NFA is written, one pull of the trigger. Right. And now they've interpreted trigger finger, as, yeah. yeah, they've interpreted as a trigger finger. Right. Um, is required. You don't have more than one pull of the trigger finger in order for the firearm to fire repeatedly. So yeah, but you have your other arm moving back and forth they, a they, foot. They don't care. <laughs> it's, it's, they don't care. It's the guys that write that stuff. They they're not worried about the practicalities <laughs> of the universe. They're they're not the field guys. These yeah. are no these no are, these are not these the field are the guys. guys. These the are the basements. The book guys. You know the book guys. Yeah. The, uh, the field guys would go, that's not a machine gun. Right. <laughs> that's not a machine gun. The 12-gauge trench gun is back after a 41-year hiatus. Inland, why, why is the Ithaca better than the 37 Winchester? I'm, I'm, I don't know. Is that, is that a it. question? It, okay. You, you'll get to it. Uh, Inland Manufacturing, in partnership with Ithaca Firearms, announced this week a reproduction of the Model 37 combat shotgun. I have one of the Ithaca model 37 uh put the police shotguns the police uh, deer slayer i think it's called it's the it's, it's tactical police tactical police deer slayer yes and it's it's the uh, closest thing that they've made to the trench gun since they stopped making the trench gun this doesn't have the the bayonet lug it doesn't have the uh the shield the heat shield over the top it's just it looks like a standard kind of police 12 gauge shotgun the new production models are faithful to the original design from its bead sight, parkerized finished, oiled walnut stock, and ventilated handguard to its hard-to-miss bayonet lug that fits the long 1917 bayonet, said Charles Brown, president of MKS Supply, the firm marketing the historic firearms. He called the gun an authentic combat firearm once used by our troops in Vietnam. Well, you know, and before. You yeah, know. they, they yeah. didn't use a lot of 
as recently yeah. as yeah. Vietnam. The, the yeah. Ithaca, I think the Ithaca was probably the one for Vietnam, but trench guns have been around yeah. for many, yeah, since World War One. That's where they got the yeah, name. Where they trench got the gun. name, right? Yeah, that's what. And they were Kevin told us they that. were yeah. remembered. Yeah. Devastatingly effective. <laughs> uh, they were far more effective than rifles. Oh, yeah. And trench warfare. Oh, sure, because you're coming through and that's... you're putting nine gauge, nine shots of 32 caliber pellet, uh, you know, through the trench instead of just one. That's one twelve gauge. That's why they call them the trench broom. When you <laughs> when you need to go sweep the enemy out of the trenches. Yep. Ithaca Model Thirty Seven made its original debut in 1937, hence the name. Oh. Um, based on a design by the legendary John Browning, production of the Model Thirty Seven stopped in 1945 because at the time post-war riot guns were in sufficient supply to satisfy law enforcement and civilian markets statewide. Uh, let's see. Stateside. States. What I said. My, my uh, technical expert has just advised me that a slam fire mechanism, the ATF now considers the slide to be the trigger. The slide to be the trigger. Okay. Okay. All right. So, slam fire good. Slam fire bad. It, slam fire still legal. Yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. But war in Vietnam brought back demand. And the Model 37 earned a respected place as a tool for combat medics and other support personnel, as well as many special forces troops of the day. Production was once again halted in 1975. Uh, Field testing during the Vietnam era revealed the versatility of the Model 37, not only with its close-range fight stopper, not only was it a close-range fight stopper, sorry. But 12 gauges will be that way. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But proved its carbine-like ability to do big damage out to 75 yards with loaded with double-aught, triple-aught, or number four buckshot, slugs, and infrequently even flechette rounds. Don't, don't, listen, uh, don't, go go get yourself any flechette rounds here in the States. Yeah, bad, bad bad thing for the (laughs) thing to be in your gun in Florida. Flechette rounds illegal. Yes. The model. why? Work really good. Yes. It yes, worked really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ruin a guy's day out to about 150 yards. Yeah. Not, not a good thing for it to be shot at with. Model 37 has an overall capacity of uh, five. That's four plus one. Its uh, length is 38 and a half inches, at 20 inch barrel, weighs six and a half pounds. Receiver's machine from a single slab of steel and bears the same military stamps as the original. Loading ejection are like the original under the belly. That's belly why. of the receiver. Cool. Yeah. Yep. That's Very why. Yep. There's only one way in and one way out of that receiver. Yep. And so there's a less likelihood of contamination inside of the mechanism. Out of the box, the gun comes with a military-style sling, though it's not revealed if the sling will be cotton webbing or leather. It, they're going Vietnam. It's probably going to be uh, the, the gonna webbing. Be, it's going to be cotton. That, that green webbing, yeah. Webbing. If and, they're going to uh, go World War One. it's going to be leather. It'll be leather. Exactly right. The gun's going to retail for, whew, man, this, this, hopefully it's going to come down. It says it's going to retail for just over $1,200. So we should get that done. Uh Got a caller on the line. Guy, you want to talk about Slam Fire? Um, yeah. Are you, am I on? Yes, sir. You're on the air. Okay. My phone went crazy. <laughs> That's um, all right. We've yeah, had that happen with that another guest. Today, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Slam Fire thing? No, I'm sorry, gentlemen. The firing pin does not stay extended out the breech face when you operate a Model 37. The, the firing pin retracts. And it doesn't matter how fast you operate the bolt. You can close it as carefully as you want. In the original 37, if you've held the trigger back throughout the entire slide operation, when the bolt locks home, the sear will be released, and it will let the hammer fly forward and slap the firing pin and fire the firearm. Yeah, I think we're just talking about the 
same description or a different description of the same thing. The the, the firing pin is gonna is gonna hit when it comes back. It's not going off by malfunction or anything like that. It was it was a a, a design feature that ended up being being a being a benefit to the uh, to the consumer that wanted to be able to shoot quickly. I'm gonna go try mine again because when I close it slowly, it doesn't discharge. <laughs> so I'm gonna go try it. Yeah, not, maybe that's because we're, we're, as we're advancing it forward slowly, well, that, it's not I'm all the way in World, battery. I'm using World War One ammo. Maybe. No, 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 no. Uh, maybe because it's not, uh, you know, it's not well, all it's the way. What they gave me, I just brought it home with me. <laughs> yeah, let's. Well, so maybe it, maybe moving it slowly, it's not all the way forward in battery or whatever. Like, and you heard guy guy said that it's uh, it's not the I firing pin protruding. Maybe I'm not getting locked into. Yeah, it's not it's locked not forward locked. all the way. So yeah. maybe it's, it's not hitting it. Like I, you heard guy said it was uh, the hammered. It, it, the hammer comes back and the sear releases the hammer, so the firing pin comes out uh, as it, it as you put it back as it locks in. So so thanks, guy, for that that clarification there. Um, yeah, but either way, it lock. looks like a uh, it's going to be a, a a great a great tool, a, gr- a great shotgun, and uh, we should be getting them hopefully, uh, you know, in the stores pretty soon. This is um, you know what I haven't checked to see if they are available I, yet with I, any distributor. I would like to get one of those because using my original. I'm afraid I'm going to wear it out. I'm already having to rebuild my 1897 Winchester. Well, you know, that one's a little older. That's the Well, mine was built in 1908. It's still a little bit older. But, but uh, yeah, great shotgun. I've it's got... not uh, older than my 37. No, no, no. I have a... I have a... Like I said, the Deer Slayer, the police police tactical Deer Slayer. I guess that so. It looks not like as old as my 30. Looks like a standard. No, mine was a... Mine's a, a mid-60s production, I believe it is. Um, it's a... Uh, they're, they're 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 wonderful shotguns. So, uh, and they're they're easy to take apart. Uh, you know, it's just like taking apart. And they're an easy to put back together. Yeah. Let's be clear. <laughs> just because it's easy to take apart does not mean it's easy to put back together. <laughs> it's it's just like a, it, or it's very similar to taking apart a, a you know a, a Mossberg 590 or a, a Remington 870. It's all that same kind of design. The barrel. Unlike on a Remington 1100. Yeah, no. Well, apart, you, can, you start taking apart semi-auto shotguns. Yeah, you, you're worried about spring compression and all sorts of stuff. Although, the, you know, the the Browning A5, the you know, those are those are pretty simple to, to take apart and put back together. But that's Browning, and that's pretty unique. So, uh, great shotgun. Um, listen, uh, we're, we're we're coming up on the end of the first hour here. We've got uh, great guests coming up next hour. It's uh, we got to Lieutenant Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. He'll be joining us uh, a little bit later in the program. And uh, uh, one more gun topic and a couple more regular topics to talk about. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. Please remember, exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. Thanks, guys. Thanks, See Doctor. You. See you next break. Tech Studios. It's Arms Room Radio with Mike and his team from the Arms Room. Conceal and carry, gun safety, the law, the latest gear, and more. You'll get it all right here. And you can connect with these guys right now. Call the Arms Room Radio hotline. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Arms Room Radio is on the air live coast to coast from the Tech Studios. Now, here's Mike. Almost, almost, 
There it is. <laughs> we had to figure there out how to turn is. on the mics outside. There it is. We had to get it back on. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. You are joining us here at the Keltec Studio today. We're having a great day. On my right, my right-hand man, the great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone. Please welcome him back. His name is Earl. Celebrating a birthday this week, sir, aren't we? Yes, sir. And we're going numberless. We're going numberless. <laughs> we're gonna go. We're gonna go with over eighteen and under sixty-five. We're gonna leave you in that range. Yeah, I'm yep. out of that. I'm, I'm not in. <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> Poor Kevin. In the uh, in the ten o'clock position is the courtroom assassin, the legal ninja. Please welcome him back, Mr. Kevin Maxwell. Thank you, Michael. Not celebrating a birthday this week. Not, not this week. Celebrating a birthday this week. His week, his birthday will be at a different time in the year. We'll just go there. <laughs> different time in place. Different time, different time in the year. Speaking of age, Kevin, someone wanted to know that 1908 shotgun of yours. Was that your first one? No. Yeah, when it was new, <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> I, my first gun was a crossbow. <laughs> Uh, I also got a clarification during the during the break. We're talking about slam fires before we yes. left. Yes. A, a slam fire happens when it's a free floating firing pin. Okay. By not holding, a spring loaded. Not a spring loaded. By holding and depressing the trigger, the hammer continues just to move back up and backwards and back, you know up and down, up and down, up and down. It floats with the with the ball. The the hammer hammer holds the trigger. Or excuse me, the hammer holds the firing pin forward. Uh, it never locks back. On the sear, as long as you hold that trigger back, the sear does not lock. It does not engage the hammer, so it can fire in a normal manner. Hold the trigger down. The hammer just continues to move, pushing the far, the firing pin forward. As so the, the bolt f- comes forward, the fire? firing pin stays yep. in the extended position because the f- hammer's against it during the entire or toward the end of that cycle. It wouldn't be able to engage the entire cycle simply from the geometry. Correct. Because it comes back into battery. The firing pin is being held forward by the spring of the hammer yep. because it never reached the sear. Exactly, and the force, and that's why you slam it forward so there's enough force to uh, push the firing pin into the primer to detonate the round and cause it well, to go off. Well, now I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to test that repeatedly for how much force I have to have yes. on my 37 to actually make it discharge and not just to go. Yeah, against yeah. the firing it's a, pin. It's a decent amount. I mean, it's, it's not. I've got you know we've got the same model. What if I could press the yeah. firing pin into the and just make it go off instead of striking it? No, no. I mean, no, you could press out. it, but it would, you'd have to really press gonna, hard. I'm, I guess I'm going to find out. The I got a bunch of old, 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 old high brass shells. We'll try it with that stuff. And, and now this applies to military style shotguns that you do slam fire with. Um, I, we had the caller earlier guy. He, his happened through a different technique. I don't know what kind of gun he had. It may have, may, he may be 100% correct. You know, he's, he had a different kind of firearm. And um, so uh, uh, we just wanted to put out all the information as we had it. So depending on what you have. Because it does say here you can get slam fires from semi-automatic guns that have like a bad trigger disconnect bar. Right. So and those are the accidental. That's not the on-purpose slam fires that we're talking about with a military-style shotgun. So thanks to the uh, email uh, during the break, we uh, were able to clarify that with you. Um, uh, we got some uh, shenanigans going on in New Jersey again. Now, uh, why, why is it always New Jersey? You know, it's it's New Jersey, or it's it's shenanigans in New Jersey, and it's what are you talking about in Florida? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it seems to be the two big states for these stories here recently. Um, in New Jersey, we had a law enforcement officer who was charged with carrying a concealed firearm while he was in 
uh, Pennsylvania. Now you're in, and no, you're, he's in New Jersey. In New Jersey, yes, Pennsylvania, he's a Pennsylvania officer. officer. Thank you, thank you. In, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania law enforcement officer, while in New Jersey, was charged for having a firearm. Now you may say to yourself, well, you know, the police have to play by the rules. They have to play by the same rules as everybody else, as all citizens out there. 100% agreed. Absolutely agreed. However, there happens to be a, a, a law out there called, uh, it's the law it was House Bill 218 when it started. Uh, at this point, it's called the Law Enforcement Officer Security Act. Safety Act. Safety Act. Safety Act. Uh, which which means any act of law enforcement officer uh, that has the ability to make arrests and uh, detain people can carry that, and he carries a firearm in the course of his duty, he can carry that firearm anywhere in the United States. Uh, so he doesn't have to worry about crossing jurisdictions. And, and that doesn't mean he can carry a firearm on an airplane. Can't, you know, there's, there's still places you can't carry a firearm. Unless you're on duty as a law enforcement officer, you're not taking your firearm onto the airplane with you. Right. You know, you're not uh, going into the federal courthouse or, or anything like that. Unless you're transporting a prisoner. Unless you're then, transporting a prisoner. And that's, but that's in the course of your duties right there. That'd be that'd be in the course of your duties. Um, joining us on the line to help us talk about this story is uh, Lieutenant Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Mike and guys. How's everybody going today? Lieutenant Bill! Doing, doing, doing pretty good. <laughs> doing pretty good. Hey, have you seen this story? Have you seen this story yes, at all? Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, I've been following it uh, pretty closely. Okay. Uh, and it is one of those of what the heck is going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, this is one. I'm going to give you give you come throw some of the particulars out here so uh, everybody's on the same sheet of music. Pennsylvania corrections officer holding the rank of sergeant has been arrested and charged with a felony by New Jersey for having his legal gun with him. Sergeant Ray Hughes had taken his wife to dinner in Atlantic City. Uh, you know, for those of you that know the area, that you know, it's it's really not that far of a drive going from Pennsylvania over to Atlantic City. Uh, well, depending on the traffic, yeah, you know, it's, a, but, it's a bridge. Yeah, it's a, it's it's, a bridge away. Um, he was driving home when he and his wife were hit by a drunk driver. They're both okay, but uh, they were very victims of the crime. When police responded, they noticed his fraternal order of police decal and law enforcement credentials. Hughes explained that he had his weapon with him. And police officers assured him they'd secure it and he could pick it up later at the station. It wasn't until a few days had passed that Sergeant Hughes received a phone call explaining that he was being charged with a fe- felony, punishable by three to ten years in prison. The arresting officer explained to Hughes that he was adamantly against arresting him, but the decision came from above his level of authority. Under New Jersey's broken Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act, they also have their own version of the LEOSA, the officer must have statutory powers of arrest. Since Sergeant Hughes works across the bridge in Pennsylvania, New Jersey has elected to destroy a law-abiding law enforcement officer's life. Meanwhile, and then, okay, here's the commentary. Meanwhile, drug dealers and gangbangers carry, carrying stolen guns run rampant on the streets of Newark. Don't you feel much safer now? Um, Bill, we're, we're, coming, we're coming up on the break. We're going to get into the details of this. I want to go over the Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act. I want to go over what a qualified law enforcement officer is, and I want to talk about statutory powers of arrest uh, that New Jersey has added to their state law, uh, which is different from the federal, and it's actually uh, US 18 U.S. Code 926 is the Federal Law Enforcement Officer Safety Act. So we're going to be going over those when we come back, if you can hang out with us for a couple of minutes after the break. Absolutely. This is uh, this is one that, um, like like Lieutenant Bill said, you, you scratch the head and say, what are they doing? But, Kevin, you, you and I know 
they just prosecute these things and then just wait for the governor to, to do the pardon. He just gives you a heart. So the, the governor do the pardon later. Well, that, that's because, you know, you got to make a little, got to get a taste. Got to get a taste. Yeah. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. This is no ordinary shotgun. Not with innovative dual-tube magazines that hold a dozen 12-gauge rounds, plus one in the chamber. And in the one millionth of a second, when innovation ignites performance, the ordinary tactical shotgun became obsolete. Innovation. Performance. Keltec. See the KSG in action at YouTube slash Keltec Weapons. Hey, Mike, ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself. So why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextlevelTraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT Training Pistol. Go online right now to nextlevelTraining.com slash armsroom. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of Gun Tech USA. Gun Tech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, Gun Tech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, hand guards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you. Whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done, when customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off off. You're listening to Armstrong Radio, live from the Keltec Studios. Call the Armstrong Hotline right now, 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Armstrong Radio, live coast to coast, with Mike and the guys in the Keltec Studios. Welcome back to Armstrong Radio. 
Finally got the applause sign working again for the crowd so they can see it. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I think, no, it, was I think it was just the house mics. <laughs> they were just down. They were down. Uh, on the line with this is uh, Lieutenant Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Arms Room Radio. Uh, welcome back, Lieutenant Bill. Greetings, greetings. Talking about the New Jersey charges, out-of-state law enforcement officer with felony for having his legal gun with him. Let, let me, let's hear, what, let's hear what, uh, what you've got on this. You heard what the newspaper says, and then we'll go back and forth. We'll talk about some of these issues. What, what's going on up there? Well, it's, it, again, like you said before, it's New Jersey. Uh, yeah. So if something like this was going to happen, my first guess would be, oh, it's New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, New Jersey has had a real problem with the federal LEOSA ever since its exception, uh, and, and ever since they came out with it. Um, they wanted to put their own law into place, which tried to supersede federal law. And it's very clear in LEOSA that no state or local regulation law ordinance will supersede it. I think it even goes as far as to say agency policy. Yes, yeah. it does even 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 say agency policy as as well. It preempts everything. Yeah. Yes, it, it is the law of the land, and there's a very specific reason for it. Uh, it's to, to cover everything. Now, I know a lot of the forums that I've been reading and, and having discussions on about this particular thing is a lot of people are hung up on the fact that well, he's a correctional officer. Uh, as opposed to a law enforcement officer. And in most people's minds, there's a differentiation between the two. Right. But under LEOSA, there is not. All it says is that LEOSA's definition of a qualified law enforcement officer does not include a requirement that a person have a law enforcement authority off-duty or is designated as a law enforcement or correctional officer. It also applies to military police officers and officers that are hired by the Department of Defense. So I mean, under the, the last amendment in 2013, it brought everybody on equal footing. Right, right. The, this is a Leosa's from your... 2004, which is where it originally came. I think like in like, like Lieutenant Bill just said, 2010 was the federal, like DOD police, uh, you know, those, those the, the federal law enforcement officers. And then 2013, the military police uh, were brought under the umbrella. You know, so it's people are hung up on the correctional officer. Now, under 18 U.S.C., a qualified law enforcement officer is a person who has the authority to engage uh, or supervise the prevention, detection, investigation, or prosecution or the incarceration of any person for violation of law. That's a corrections officer. If you're, if you're in charge of the incarceration of any person, that's what they're saying. That's a corrections officer. And to go a step further... <laughs> A correctional officer has authority to conduct investigations, file charges, and make arrests while on correctional property or while in pursuit of an escaped fugitive. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So that's that's number one. Number two, if they're authorized by their agency to carry a firearm. If they're authorized by the agency to carry a firearm, then that also adds to what a qualified law enforcement officer is. They can't be under any type of suspension. Uh, they must meet their agency standards and regularly qualify with their firearm, not be under the influence of alcohol, and not be under any prohibition of federal law 
stored they can't receive a firearm. Let me let me touch uh, on the one where it says authorized by the agency to carry a firearm. I know a lot of people when they see the corrections officers, uh, whether it's on TV on the the jail shows that you watch on the back channels at night, the the COs, the corrections officers don't carry firearms inside the facility. Well, correct. yeah, you know it's the same reason when a, when the police are dropping people off, they don't bring their guns in there because you don't bring the gun into the secure facility. It's secure. There's Absolutely. no firearms. There's nothing into it. Not, not past the, the perimeter patrols. Exactly. Uh, outside of any facility, whether it be a, a, a municipal, a county, or a state facility, all those correctional officers are armed. Yep, and their transport officers are armed also. They are authorized Absolutely. to carry firearms, just not inside the facility. Absolutely. So under Leosa, to, to, to be perfectly clear, under Leosa, it doesn't make a differentiation between a law enforcement officer or a correctional officer. So as they meet that, the, those six criteria that they have listed in there, they're covered under Leosa. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it says uh, additionally requires that the individual must carry photographic identification. We know that to be the case. It says that they saw his law enforcement ID issued by the governmental agency for which the individual is employed that identifies the employee as a police officer or a law enforcement officer or a correctional officer of the agency. There you go. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, we can we can uh, banter back and forth about the word incarceration and what it means, but it says correctional officer here. Yes, it does. And normally, well, police officers and, and what the, the public thinks of, we don't incarcerate anybody. We arrest and we turn them over to a correctional facility, which will then house or incarcerate them. Correct. So, I mean, technically, if you want to think about it, police officers do not incarcerate people. Co- yeah, correct. Yeah, we just take them to the house of incarceration. Yes. To the, uh, the Gray Bar Motel. Gray Bar Motel. Gray Bar Motel. <laughs> Uh, now, you know, one of the other now it brings up in here is why did they take possession of his firearm? And the only thing that I can think of is it wasn't spelled out in this case, but was he injured and were they transported to the hospital? That's the only reason why I would think that they would take possession of his firearms and and see his credentials. Yeah, that was the case. From what from what's my understanding, the you know, the vehicle was uh was was not able to be moved. Uh, they 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 had to one or the other had to go to the hospital and uh, they had to secure the firearm. So it was one of those, you know, hey, don't worry, buddy, I'll take care of it for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was never any intent on the uh, the law enforcement officers there at the scene to do this. But yeah, you know, who again? Who knows? It's New Jersey. You get to the prosecutor's office or whatever they call him there, and, you know, state attorney's office in, in New Jersey, and, you know, maybe he wants to run for president next year, and he's trying, he's well, trying to make there was, a, there was a recent case, too, that came out of, of course, New Jersey, uh, where retired officers uh, do not fall under, at least according to New Jersey, that they do not fall under the cover of LEOSA, and, but they can apply for a state permit. But what they're finding is that they're being rejected, and they also had to... They're working either now or they just recently passed uh, recognizing uh, college or university police officers as police officers under New Jersey state law. The case came about from two uh, retired New Jersey university police officers that had to apply for their, their state permits, and they were denied because New Jersey does not recognize them as law enforcement officers, even though clearly they had powers of arrest, they can do investigation, they carry firearms, uh, they fall under the retired uh, requirements for a uh, law enforcement officer. But again, it's New Jersey, and they're operating on their their own rules, and they're ignoring uh, 
18 U.S.C. 926. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, one of the other distressing parts about this story is uh, clearly this is a, a travesty of justice. You know, nobody's safer that that, that this sergeant is uh, is no longer, you know, uh, working at the facility that he works at. The and, and New Jersey will will probably get the uh, get the smackdown. Hopefully, it doesn't take as long as the last couple of things have taken in New Jersey, where you let the travesty roll all the way through, and then three years from now they'll pardon him. You know, hopefully, it doesn't take that long, and perhaps uh, Governor Christie will step in up there if he's a uh, if he's a uh, if he's a man of his word from what we see him saying on the campaign trail. Now he's off, but hopefully well, you know, we, he'll take we care of you. I hope so. Yes. Now, the, the problem I uh, herein is where how how does this guy go forward now? Yeah. You and, know. And I think Obviously, that's the, he's not going to be able to work. He's under felony charges. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and you want to you want to say, hey, Pennsylvania, what are you doing? But you know, they're kind of they got their hands tied too. You know, here sure. he, it's same thing here in Florida. I mean, if you, you, know, you can be under investigation, and you know, an officer would be put on uh, administrative leave or suspension with pay. But as soon as those charges are filed or an arrest is made, you go to suspension without pay, right. and you're on your own. Yeah. So, yeah. Like the article said, this this. This sergeant's life is is living hell right now. We've uh, we've seen um, this week where uh, uh, what's her name Beyonce is, uh, is is engaged to do some concerts in the Tampa area and in Miami, and yeah. those agencies have uh, stood up and said uh, we are not signing up. We're not going to do any off duty work there, and I, I, I'm not sure. I think the one in Tampa was mostly the agency. I think the one in down in, from what I understand, I think the release was from the union down in yes, it was South from, Florida. Uh, FOP launch twenty, I believe, which is uh, Miami PD. Okay, Are, is FOP stepping up uh, for this officer up there? Is is this just something they're they're putting together? I mean, I'm, I'm sure they can't be sitting on their hands. They got to be, you know, going to their legislative aides and lobbyists and trying to figure something out too. Uh, from what I've talked about with different uh, with different uh, union officials, is yes, they, they are. There's a lot of unions that are putting together uh, some relief packages, uh, you know, like GoFundMe accounts and things like that to uh, to help out this sergeant uh, with obviously legal fees and, and expenses, uh, you know, regular day-to-day expenses to be able to get through this. Um, I know that there's the banter back and forth about the Beyonce. Uh, concert in Tampa and in Miami, a lot of people are saying, well, the officers are refusing to do their job. Uh, no, that's not the case. Uh, these these are private hire back off-duty events where they hire the, the officers uh, back, uh, and they're working in, in basically a private capacity but under the color of their agency. And there's no requirement for them to sign up and, and do these off-duty details. Correct. It's it's easier for those those facilities to hire a police officer because they know they can get a lot of them that are trained. They could just as easily go to Wackenhut or some other security agency and hire two, three hundred. It's just hard to get that high of quality of an individual uh, to, exactly. to work those but jobs. You're also dealing with traffic direction. Yeah. You're dealing with crowd exactly. control. You're dealing with all those things that the security companies are, are not authorized nor are they trained to do. Bill, thank you. We're coming up on the break. We appreciate you joining us as usual, and uh, we'll have you back as soon as we can. All right, guys. Stay safe. You're listening to Arms Room Radio coming to you live from the Keltech Studios. We'll see you after the break. Here's. You're listening to Arms Room Radio live from the Keltech Studios. 
Call the Armstrong Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now, more Armstrong Radio. Live coast to coast. With Mike and the guys in the Caltech Studios. The Fallen Heroes segment of Arms Room Radio is proudly brought to you by MaxLawOrlando.com. Marine Second Lieutenant Almar L. Fitzgerald died February 21, 2006, serving during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Fitzgerald, 23, of Lexington, South Carolina, was assigned to the 3rd Battalion, 7th Marine Regiment, 1st Marine Division, 1st Marine Expeditionary Force, 29 Palms, California and was attached to the 2nd Marine Division, 2nd Marine Expeditionary Force Forward. He died at Lansdale Regional Medical Center, Germany, of wounds sustained February 18th when an improvised explosive device detonated during combat operations against enemy forces in Ramadi, Iraq. Fitzgerald was a 2004 graduate of the Citadel. He had been in Iraq about six months and was scheduled to return home the month after his death. Fitzgerald appeared in a documentary produced by the Marine Corps Times called Making of a Marine Officer and spoke about the realities of military life. He told an interviewer about a table at the basic chow hall covered with photographs of Marines killed in battle. The purpose of that is to be basically a reality check, he said in the interview. This could be you in the next couple of months. Just a picture. Marine 2nd Lieutenant Almar L. Fitzgerald, you are not forgotten. If you'd like to reach us at Maxwell Orlando, you can do just that. Reach out to MaxwellOrlando.com. You can reach us on the office line at 407-480-2179. If you've got a question, you can email me at KevinCMaxwell at gmail.com or text your question to 407-467-4960. Thank you, Kevin. And again, thank you for the sponsor of the segment. Uh, hey, Earl, I, I know uh, the next story we're talking about, uh, you and I got to see how some of our associates responded, and uh, they they nearly uh, came out of their seats with joy when when the, when the Navy made this announcement. <laughs> <laughs> the Naval Special Warfare uh, Group, or Naval Special Warfare, adopts the Glock 19. Uh, this, dun, pa- dun, dun. <laughs> this past week, it's been a little while now, uh, Naval Special Warfare Command made a decision to pick up the Glock 19 as the SEAL's new sidearm. They will slowly begin to phase out the SIG P226 and replace those with the Glock 19. Nothing wrong with the SIG 226. Except uh, it's heavy. <laughs> it has served the teams for many years and proven a reliable system. However, as firearms evolve, the military needs to keep pace. In, the case, in this case, the move to the Glock 19 makes sense. Earl, uh, you're 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 Glock guy. You're you're a through and through Glock guy. I mean, most of us, uh, are, you know, appreciate the Glock. Well, he's a through and through when he's running 357 Sig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Glock versus uh, Glock versus Sig. Why is this a good call for them? Because it's probably a lot more prevalent, uh, readily available. It's in my limited experience with Sig, a Glock is much more simpler to work on. Yeah. A lot less uh, manual arms to operate it. I think I think you're right when you you know it's it is a simpler platform to use. Um, you know probably when they get to the the level of being a uh, a seal, yeah, they've got pretty good proficiency. Weight, weight right. matters though. Yeah, right. For those guys weight matters, and weight. and that's all steel gun versus a yeah. partially composite platform. You know, 
for the, for the same round count, you're probably talking about half again more weight. Yep. You're uh, again. So, so we're staying with same round count. Uh, we are talking about you know. And one thing I like about a Glock, the 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 one handed ease of use uh, on a Glock. I don't have to. There's there's no buttons. There's no decocks. There's no uh-huh. nothing else. It's uh-huh. it's pull the gun, pull the trigger, put the gun away. Pull it's the gun, a, pull the trigger, it's put a the gun away. Semi-automatic revolver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. is. That's exactly what I thought of it when I decided to purchase one. You know, this is... I decided to purchase one when they started making them. <laughs> uh, Gaston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or Kevin's a friend of Gaston Glock. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I have an eight. <laughs> the, seven. Yeah, the, 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 the and an eight. The, the Glock eight. <laughs> Kevin's got a Glock seven and a Glock eight. Great, great, great. Well, the, the Glock eight's actually a, a a scoop. It's for like a ladling. Oh, Remember, okay. he was making. He was utensils. making. That's right. He was making utensils, utensils and then and, and e tools and uh, and uh, right. bayonets yeah. and, and, and tent pegs. He was making any any stamp steel item that uh, the he could I be made. Is yep. a ladle. Yeah. Yep. But he, I have it. <laughs> you don't want to, you want me coming after you with that either. No. 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 Uh, yeah. This Glock is just uh, it 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 kind of makes sense. This is this is going to an advanced force. This is not going to a. You know, with all due respect, it's not going to the private that's sweeping the barracks. Yeah, you know, this exactly. is. But this you could teach going... him to use it. Absolutely, you could. You could. Uh, the Glock uh, Glock 19 has a lot to offer in a compact patch, package, and is by far the most popular platform Glock makes. Uh, the, the author personally uses the Glock and carries the Glock 17 on a daily basis. While the Glock 17 is the full-size variant of the 9mm, the Glock 19 is essentially the same, just a bit smaller package. It's about what is it, about a, about a three quarters of an inch less on the barrel, about a half inch less on the magwell. Yeah, about that. Something something along those lines takes away. I think what is it a two or three round difference, seventeen to nineteen, something like that. Uh, yeah, because we go from seventeen yeah. to fifteen. Yeah, well, fifteen plus one and seventeen plus. One. Yeah, so we lose you lose two rounds, mm-hmm. and you and you get that extra couple inches off the bottom. You could always, like Kevin's pointing out right now, you could always put yourself an extended magazine onto your Glock and get those two rounds back. Yeah. Um, and is also oh, Earl is pointing out. Or right a Glock 19 will also readily accept factory Glock 17 mags. That's right. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, so you can you can have those extra mags. Just put that spacer in there and, and make it nice and fit. Or don't go with the spacer and just have it there. Yeah. It works just as good. Yep. Uh, well, you can run the, the, the 17 mag in the firearm or run the 19 mag in the firearm, and then your off boards are all 17s. Mm-hmm. One of the other issues that the author pointed out is the uh, the Glock's accuracy. Uh, right out of the stock, or excuse me, right out of the, right out of the package, the Glock stock parts work just fine. Uh, you can upgrade a couple of things if you want to. There's a whole bunch of aftermarket triggers yep, and, yep. and preferences, but right out of the box, these things are are dead on, right on, and they start firing immediately. This is not to say that a Sig doesn't, but that a Glock seems to be a little bit easier to operate right out of the package. Um, Glock is. Uh, it's that it's that universal firearm, you know. It uh, you could say it's great for training because it's so easy, and you could also say it's a uh, uh, it's, it's it's great for the advanced uh, shooter because it's so easy, you know. It's it's pull it out of the holster, put it on the target, pull the trigger, put it back in the holster. You know, it's 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 that kind of gun. Um, one thing, and Kevin kind of alluded to, uh, it's it's half polymer. It is. Um, seals tend to operate. Near in, the, in wet places. Near the, near the, <laughs> near the <laughs> seawater. <you know? laughs> um, I know when I was working I wasn't going to say the, the reason they get rid of the SIGs is because they're all rusty, but right. you know, it's, they, they can't care of their gear. I doubt that's a problem. Uh, when I worked in uh, 
maritime law enforcement. You it, did. It was it was a uh, it was a it was a a choice to, to carry that Glock, uh, you know, because it, it because it resisted the seawater. Uh, so I mean, the, the boss would always tell you, well, if your SIG doesn't clean it every day, <laughs> you know, it's a clean the gun. Well, perhaps you don't want the seawater bouncing on it for you know eight hour shift or something while you're out on the boat, you know. But they also have the ability to have the maritime cups installed. Maritime spring cups, yep. Tell us about maritime spring cups on a Glock, that. which I'm sure the seal, they're never going to be called the seal spring cups. <laughs> no, of course. That's what they're going to be called. They're, they're probably yeah. called seal seals. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, yeah. you know that's what's coming. Yep. Once you add these to the uh, internal workings of the pistol, it, they can, it then can fire underwater. Yeah, now listen, the bullet's still going to have the resistance of, you know, you get five, six feet away, it's it's not going to be moving forward right, anymore. Right. Um, you know, so don't expect to be going target shooting underwater. But no, that's, this, it's not <laughs> shooting underwater. I think is it's that the seal is underwater. He's three feet below the surface, and suddenly a nine millimeter hollow point comes flying out of the water and strikes the uh, bad guy. the target um, right. dramatically. Yeah, and this also works for you're fighting with someone in the water. You're a mm-hmm. seal. Yeah, but you, see, they don't. You, you can either pull you know that what? seal knife out. If the out, seal's underwater, you don't know he's there. Right. Yeah, that's kind of that's why they're not crunchy ninjas. They're they're still <laughs> these guys. These stealthy. guys. Yeah. These guys are these guys are quiet ninjas. The, they approach their missions. If they have to fire a shot, they fail. <laughs> that's right. If you knew I was there, something went wrong. Yep. Uh, yeah. So so the Glock's a, a good duty gun for them. It uh, makes an uh, ideal and the, platform for what they're looking to do. The 19 is is a very good choice. It's almost. I tell a lot of uh, first time. Uh, handgun purchasers, the 19 is arguably the perfect size. Yeah. It's small enough. Almost anyone of any stature can conceal it with little effort. It's large enough. You can go and run a several hundred round pistol class and train with it. Did it. Yeah. yeah. It, yes, I, I exactly. ran my 23s, which is the, the same, same, same size, size platform, yep. but yep. I ran it with 9mm barrels it, just to save on... Ammo costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a big enough size to be carried as a duty weapon, and it and it often is. It just depends on which firearm you're, you know, yeah, your you choice. You see detectives going to 26s, but you see, you know, new detectives running right, right, right. 19s. Yeah, exactly yep. right. Well, congratulations to the to the Navy for choosing that Glock there. You're listening to Arms Room Radio, coming to you live from the Caltech Studios. We get back, one or two more stories for you. We'll see you after the break. Thinking about buying an AR rifle? Maybe for hunting or home protection. There are a lot of them on the market. So why choose an arms room AR rifle? Well, one, they're made by veterans and first responders, people who know what it's like to depend on a rifle. Two, the arms room AR is made with the highest quality materials and standards. Your arms room AR may not ever be used to defend life and property, but if it comes to that, know it'll work right the first time, every time. Shop armsroom.com for their complete selection of AR rifles, pistols, parts, and accessories. That's armsroom.com, where veterans and first responders always receive 10% off. Ever want to accessorize your tactical rifle? Then you want the tactical excellence of GunTech USA. GunTech, a family-owned and operated manufacturer of tactical accessories for AR-15, AR-10, and AK-47 style rifles. For nearly three decades, GunTech USA has been producing the finest quality pistol grips, rail systems, scope mounts, slings, compensators, flash hiders, handguards, iron sights, and more. Check online at GunTechUSA.com to see their vast selection of of parts and accessories and to locate a dealer near you whether you do your own gunsmithing or you have it done 
When customizing your tactical rifle, insist on tactical excellence. Insist on GunTech USA parts. GunTech, a proud supporter of the Second Amendment and friends of Arms Room Radio. Check them out online today at GunTechUSA.com. That's G-U-N-T-E-C-U-S-A.com. GunTech USA, defining tactical excellence for over 26 years. Hey, Mike, ready to go to lunch? No, not today. I'm going to get some trigger time in. You're going to the range? Nope. I'm going to train in the environment in which statistics say I'm most likely to have a violent encounter at work. Here in the office? Or at home. Trigger time? How can you have trigger time in the office or at home without shooting up the place? Easy. With my CERT SIRT training pistol from Next Level Training. Shooting paper targets at the range is good practice, but it's not the environment I'm in most of the time. With the rise in workplace violence, I vowed not to be a victim. Besides, I'm here all by myself, so why not? I have my CERT training pistol, and when practicing your draw from concealment, CERT is the safest and only way to go. CERT training pistol. I've heard about them. They look like a Glock, but they don't fire real bullets. Saves you money, huh? Yep, it sure does. How do I get mine? Log on to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom and order yours today. The safest and easiest way to train in your own environment. Get ready. Stay ready with the CERT training pistol. Go online right now to nextleveltraining.com slash armsroom. Maybe you'll get past the word bullpup. Maybe you'll be impressed with 11 innovations, like our patented downward shell ejection. But in the one millionth of a second it takes for innovation to ignite performance, it'll make you a believer. The Caltech RDB, the bullpup done right. Innovation, performance, Caltech. See the RDB in action at YouTube slash Caltech Weapons. Listening to Arms Room Radio, live from the Kiltech Studios. Call the Arms Room Hotline right now. 407-774-8255. 407-774-8255. Now more Arms Room Radio. Live coast to coast. With Mike and the guys in the Kiltech Studios. Welcome back to Arms Room Radio. Thank you. Boy, it just flies by. Just flies by. Yeah. You know, we uh got one segment left, and I'm looking at three uh three topics here. So, I'm gonna give me, 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 put I'm gonna put them on the speed meter here. We're gonna see if we can give them all to you because they're Name all kind of cool. We'll get to one really good, and one uh, one in the middle, and one we'll just mention. Uh, th- there's always an idiot in any, in any bunch, in every bunch. You've seen this one. Wait a minute. When Bruce yeah, is here. looking around, who's around. the one in our bunch? Bruce is here now. <laughs> Man arrested for <laughs> man arrested for impersonating a police officer. 2-11-2016 at 5:10 p.m. Suspect Ronald Taylor entered the Golden Corral on Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. While ordering food, he produced a concealed handgun and badge and said to the clerk that his drink is usually free. Uh, a CPD detective who was in front of Taylor in the line, you know, talk about you know bad planning on this guy's part, yeah. you know. Uh, a CPD detective who was in front of Taylor in the line asked him if he was a police officer. Taylor confirmed he was a police officer and said he was with DHS, the Department of Homeland Security, and was in town on some business. You know, he he might as well have said he was with Shield, or you know, <laughs> or with uh, uh, the uncle or something like that. You know, at least at least make it a little bit interesting. Uh, 
Hey, hey, uncle's real. <laughs> yeah. Cut it out. Taylor is an insurance agent in Kentucky with a concealed permit and badge from the state Not of Kentucky. anymore. <laughs> he was in possession of a Springfield XT-45 and a loaded Ruger 380 handgun. Taylor was arrested and booked into the Montgomery County Jail on impersonating a police officer charge. Okay, so he's got a concealed weapons permit. All right? Good for you. This guy got in trouble because he's got one of them goofy badges that says concealed Don't weapons permit. ever, 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 ever <laughs> wear those unless the apocalypse is started. Right. Okay? <laughs> don't wear those. That's just... Don't. Just don't. I, I You know what? I, I can't even give you... Except for the apocalypse has started. And I mean, you're standing in church and half of the congregation suddenly vanishes. Okay? I mean, it's started. Don't wear those. The, uh, oh, I'm trying to find the, this is Clarksville in Clarksville, Kentucky there. It, it doesn't matter where you are. Don't wear no, those. It does not. And I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to give the author credit here. This is, this is his quote, not mine. Uh, and it's, it's classic. It says, and Kevin, like Kevin said, don't bother with these badges. These badges are stupid. And the author goes on to say, they're a crap magnet. And this guy doubled down on stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> So at least but, next time, you know what? We want to point that out the seventy. That was that was the most expensive seventy cent drink he ever didn't buy. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. right. Yeah. We want to point out it's not the issue of having a concealed carry with the permit and everything in the restaurant. It's the fact he impersonated an officer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My you know, drinks are usually free. Well, he pulled and he did the old badge flip when he did it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. How you doing? You know, hey, we usually get these. Uh, you know, these are nothing for us. You know, and yeah. and, uh, and the cop was like, oh. And you know exactly what happened. He saw it. He, he knew it wasn't a real yeah, badge. Said, he says, you know? says concealed <laughs> weapons permit yeah. on the badge. It doesn't have a state seal on it. It's got a big star or something like yeah. that, you know, or a picture the, of a gun. Or... The, the officer was nice. He gave him the option of, it was he going to push it? Yes. Yes. Uh, oh, we got, 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 got a comment from there. Our producer wants to say something. Go ahead. Now, I have a question here, because he didn't say he was a police officer. He said... He was with the Department of Homeland Security. Is that not a federal agency? It, it is. I don't know if they uh, each uh, state may have their own DHS. There might be a DHS in Kentucky. I don't know. But either way, he it says that he confirmed that he was a police officer and said he was with DHS. So he confirmed to the officer he was a cop somehow <laughs> or some other. So now, they, now these badges, I've seen them at the gun shows. They yeah. sell them at the gun shows. No, oh, I've seen them too. They're they're nice looking. And they're, they're high quality, nice metal. They're beautiful legal to, finish. Legal to own. Yes. Yeah, but um, and as long as you're not claiming to be a police officer, it's okay to have one. But again, I believe now in said, Florida, mm-hmm. carrying a badge of any kind mm-hmm. is illegal. It it is paramount to rendering. The impression you are a law enforcement officer. Um, you it don't de- carry a badge. Yeah. It depends. Yeah, not it, issued by your department. Exactly right. And Kevin's exactly right. Okay. Um, and listen, and if you're a, if you're an EMT and your county issues you a fireman's badge, don't say you're a cop. Just don't use a badge <laughs> yeah. to say you're a cop. Okay. Um, Florida, uh, the it, Kevin is is mostly right. It depends on what the badge says, the seal in the badge, and the shape of the badge. But there are badges you can wear. Um, New York has the same thing. Well, they they've ended it, and uh, somebody in New York maybe. Send us a text or throw us some comments on it. They used to have them. They were square badges where the police, you all see it on NYPD Blue oh, yeah. or, or Blue Bloods, the standard badge. A a security guard used to wear what was called a square. It looked like a regular shield, like a, you'd see a Miami Vice-style badge, mm-hmm. but it, was, it had a square metal plate around it. And security guards were often, for many, many years, called squares because <laughs> under the state law, they had to wear a square badge. Mm-hmm. Not... 
not like the New York Current Shield. I want to. I'm not saying that's a square. If this was an actual square, mm-hmm. then it have a badge stamped onto it. So they were called squares for for many years. Uh, yeah, don't do it. Just just avoid the badge. Yeah, you know. My, my father was a fire commissioner, and he had a had a badge, fire department badge. Right. Yeah, but he probably didn't say, uh, you know, hey, we cops usually get our drinks uh, yeah, for free. No, you know. No, uh-uh. But did he get his drinks for free because he was a fire commissioner? No, he didn't. Oh. <laughs> he didn't ask for them. Uh, all right, uh, two stories quickly to give you. I said we were going to talk about Bernie, and we were going to talk about the Donald. Uh, I, I got a few, I got a few minutes to watch. Watch some of the uh, the debate on uh, on both sides, and uh, oh boy, oh boy, it's hard watching that Democrat side. I'll tell you what. Uh, on the Republican side, and we're going to get into this more next week. This is going to be a big story for us next week. We're going to have a guest caller and everything. Uh, one of our uh, our routine callers from Louisville, retired uh, military man, is going to be a going to be a, be a guest with us. Um, Donald Trump went after Jeb Bush's older brother. You guys remember him? He was mm-hmm. president of the United mm-hmm. States for you know eight years. Yeah. Um, George W. Bush saying that no weapons of mass destruction were found. No weapons of mass destruction were found. And I believe one or two of the other candidates may have even echoed that. No weapons of mass destruction were found. It's uh, it's not that hard. It's not that hard to find this information. Uh, and and I've we've heard this before. Perhaps because I was over there. Uh, again, I was not in Iraq. I was in Afghanistan and, and saw lots of cool stuff. Um, but uh, we saw some of the same type of materials. Uh, the story is U.S. troops found nearly... 5,000 abandoned chemical weapons in Iraq from 2004 to 2011. Uh, it was a 10,000-word, eight-part interactive report. Uh, uh, the author uh, published it on the pa- uh, paper's website. Uh, this is back in 2014 in October. At least 17, this is as of 2011, so we're talking five years ago, at least 17 American service members and seven Iraqi police officers were exposed, exposed to nerve or mustard agents in Iraq after 2003. Um, one of the High points I do want to hit on this before I get to, to get over to Bernie is that a, a gag order was put in place. Uh, people were not allowed to talk about this, and that uh, these abandoned weapons, these abandoned chemical weapons, uh, they that were in Iraq come as the U.S.-led coalition continues drone strikes on ISIS. Uh, while there's no evidence of munitions falling into the hands of the terror group, the possibility is nonetheless worrisome. These uh. There were, at one point, they found several hundred uh, rockets. This was for the Republican National Guard there in in Iraq. The, I remember the story coming out. I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things that never played, and people always assume we never found weapons of mass destruction. I think when everybody thinks weapon of mass destruction, that it has to be... A nuclear bomb. Well, well or a nuke, or it has to be, um, you know, as tall as a building. You know, it's weapons of mass destruction are... are it, Chemical weapons and nuclear, biological, and chemical weapons. Those are weapons of mass destruction. They found them, 5,000. We just never found one, and you could never point at it and go, look at that, it's the size of a battleship. No, they found 5,000 little ones, yeah, you uh, know, and they were you spread find, everywhere. You find, a, you find a, you know, a quart jar of anthrax, that's a weapon of mass destruction. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to talk about that a little more in depth next week. Uh, last one to debunk a little bit of Bernie uh, and, and who's paying for everything. He wants the rich to pay for everything. Uh, 2010 federal income tax brackets. Do you know what the 2010 federal income tax bracket is for if you make $372,951 or more? I don't know how they come to that number. Your taxes are 35% or higher. That's You pay 35% on that number or higher. Everything below has a different tier. So your first 
your first uh, 10,000 is 10%, your next 20,000 is 15%. So so when somebody says it's 90% tax rate, it's not 90% of everything you make, it's 90% of everything above that rate is what he wants to raise them to. So I started doing a little bit of research. I want to give you this. You know, during World War II and all the way up until 1963, if you made over $400,000, your tax rate was 91%. 91%. Oh um, I'm sorry. It was, it was, yeah, it was 91%. And then it went down to 70% in 1964 for over $200,000. Listen, if you came to me and, and, and said, listen, we know you make $400,000 or more, you owe us 91%, I would shoot you in the face. <laughs> you are not, how, how could you, how could you have that happen to you? I mean, I, I know they take a lesser value from the, from the earnings you have before that, but that's ridiculous. And that's what this guy's talking about doing is going from the 35% tax rate that we're currently at for those that make over a ridiculous amount he, to 91%. He wants to redistribute the wealth. He absolutely does. He absolutely, he, so he this needs, is my idea. We take all the A students, all the ones with 4.0s and take all the C students, the ones with twos. And all the fours have to give half a grade or one grade point to the the C's, so everybody's got to be. Let's yep. see how the students like that Roth redistribution. Well, they'll, they'll stop working at it, and soon everybody will average out to an F because nobody's going to work hard when you're getting it. Somebody else is getting it for free. You're listening to Arms Room Radio. Thanks again for joining this week. Thank you, uh, Colonel Allen West. We're sorry about the phone call. We dropped you. Thank you to Lieutenant Bill, the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of the program. And please, please remember, exercise your Second Amendment rights responsibly. If you aren't ready, get ready. And if you are ready, stay ready. Be safe. We'll see you next week.